Good evening, everyone. This is Tangerine Raptors basketball on News Talk 1010. I'm your host, Matthew Cousin, for Jim Taddy. That's Warren Ward. Paul Jones will join us in one second. Memphis with a 119-106 resounding win over the Toronto Raptors. Don't let the final disparity of rebounds fool you where Memphis out-rebounded Toronto by only six for much of the first half, it was, and at the half, it was by 20. And that, to me, is one of the main reasons why Memphis comes away with a win. We're going to get Paul Jones on in a second. But, Warren, I'll start with you. And, and we'll just we'll go through it all. We'll go yeah. through it all uh, of the game tonight. Also, big picture what this means for the Raptors. Um, but it, fair to say that rebounding and grizzly size is the headline of tonight's uh, contest. And also the start. I mean, Raptors yeah. are known, as, as Jonesy would tell you, you know, we've seen it before, there's usually one quarter where they just don't play well, and it's usually been the start. They don't really start games particularly well. They have as of late, but cons- consistently this season they haven't really had the best start, and today was just another example. They were down yeah. pretty big pretty early, and uh, they continue to have to play catch-up, and when you're not really making shots and your defense is not as good, you know, and you're continuing to put pressure on the defense – this is what kind of happens. You kind of get weared down, and you're going to see the Raptors' defensive numbers potentially start to waver because of how much effort has to go into the, you know, I mean, that side of the ball because they aren't making shots on the other end. And uh, 30 to 20 in that first quarter, to your point, Warren. Yep. And in that one, the Grizzlies had 21 rebounds. The Raptors <laughs> in a quarter had 10 That's in right. a quarter. Paul Jones is joining us, and Paul, we were just a. Uh, talking about there's a lot of different things to get into but to me the number one headline is the raptors couldn't deal with the Grizzlies' size and especially the first half the rebound differential really sort of uh, spelled that out uh, yeah matt i don't know if it was so much the size as it was the force uh, you know toronto's got some big strong guys i mean some of those guys from memphis are bigger and stronger when you look at you know stephen adams and jaron jackson in particular who Man, he moves like a six footer. At they, they list him at six eleven. Yeah, that that dude's like seven one. Like he with that wingspan, and the way he plays, um, you know, he came in to the league after one year of college. I, I think he might be only twenty three years old or something like that. He's but but the force and you know Javon and I were talking about it. The the, the two words that come to mind with Memphis are force and finesse Mm -hmm. they have a balanced group they play hard they play together you know warren's a guy up there who's who's played this game and you know javon and i again you got to pay for that portion of the program where you hear our thoughts after uh the whistle (laughs) whistle goes and in a commercial but when you're in a game like that and, and warren will corroborate this and you got guys coming at you like that you either you either dig in or give in because you look at them, and they're not going to stop. They are going to come at you. And and the force with which a guy like Steven Adams plays Ugh. with and, and, and Jaron Jackson Jr. and Brandon Clark, and then you have the finesse of a, of a John Morant, a, a Tyus Jones, Desmond Bain, and then you got a guy like their leader, Dylan Brooks, the Canadian, who, well, you, I got some finesse. And if you want to get dirty, I'll play that way, too. I got the force, too. So they are, and I will say this unabashedly, they are the best team I've seen live all year. They they play with that force and finesse, and they play hard, and they keep coming at you. And, you know, they play through 
mistakes. They play through calls. They they they're inexorable. They're relentless, <laughs> and and that's what makes them to me the best team I've seen live all year. And just to add to that, as you said, I, I Jonesy, I have to I have to I have to commend you on your vocabulary. The, the the adjectives you use to describe things always get me excited. It makes me step up my game. But I definitely have to say. Um, in terms of the way they play, they play with pace and space. Yes. Right. And because of that, they are they they are extremely physical. Like I've seen Stephen Adams down low. Whenever he had a mismatch, he is ceiling. And that's not something you see today. No. In today's NBA, that's more old school basketball. When he sits down, he seals Siakam on a mismatch. He sealed whoever they had down there. And it's not so much like you said the size. It's the type of brute force that they do play with. And then you have guys at the perimeter when like. Memphis didn't run any special offense. No. A lot of it was no. the same side ball screen, and John Moran's coming off and looking at options. And either they got an open shot or they put it inside to one of those beasts down there, and they got easy buckets. So this this was a, a, a light day at the office, but you just see the difference in caliber between the Raptors and this and, team here in Memphis. And and the, and the Raptors just got an old-school beatdown. That's yeah, just what it was. Yeah. Let's face it, Warren. I mean, it doesn't help that you don't have Fred, one of your no. leaders, no, uh, with your with his savviness, uh, you don't and have, a creator and yeah, a creator, and a creator. Mo- most importantly, because offensively, Jonesy, we we the ball's stagnant, right? You know, you don't have a guy like Otto who might be able to make some shots for you. You don't have Precious who is, you know, a little bit of bulk and muscle and, and a rebounder. Play. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, Memphis is a good team. They are a really good team, and and they they come at you. And if you're if you're going to beat them. At some point in this season, they're not going to give it to you. You're going no. to have to beat them. And, and, Warren, you've been in games like that where right from the jump, a guy hits you, and you, you know it. that you're in a ball game. You, <laughs> you, right. It's like, okay, uh, we're, I'm going to have to work for dinner tonight. There's, there's no free lunch. <laughs> and just imagine getting hit, and then this team's running. If you miss a jump shot, they're coming down the court and setting up their offense in four seconds. So you not only have to – get back defensively as fast as possible you got to be able to take the you know the bruises that you know i mean that are going to come with that and the rafters offensively they couldn't match it which then puts too much pressure on their defense and their defense is starting to waver because of the fact that they are not making shots and i honestly really believe that you can play this game harder when you see the ball go in the you know i mean in the net and they just they know they didn't have the size tonight and all those factors contributed to this loss well look give give dylan brooks some credit too like we've talked to some of the people around memphis and he's their leader and he's come home and he had a whole bunch of people in the stands tonight uh the one time that he comes through toronto a mississauga guy you know as, as we said earlier you know he wanted this one, and he and, and the rest of the team wanted it for him just as well. You could see that. Big time. The force, as Paul said, with Adams with the 17 rebounds. The finesse was Morant with the 17 assists. Moving to the Raptors side of things, um, you know, I, I think it's even more impressive, Paul, and I'll start with you, uh, when you see it live. Siakam, the energy expended. I mean, you know, beyond being a, maybe a little bit invisible in that first quarter after making his first shot, to me, he did everything he could to try to keep the Raptors in this game. Yeah, well, he's their leader, and you would expect that from a guy you consider your leader. And, you know, I, I, I said earlier, when the game starts like that and there's that kind of um, force from the other team and you realize, I'm going to have to work tonight, Pascal was up for the challenge. 
Yep. You know, it's not like he had a terrific night shooting, but he was definitely up for the challenge. And uh, you could see some frustration at the end with him and Dylan Brooks. Uh, you know, Dylan's not a guy that's going to let up. Pascal wasn't going to let up. And at the end, I, I got the impression Pascal was like, Man, you've been clubbing me all night in my own barn. You got to take something back here. And as as Javon and I were saying, the irony of it all was Pascal was the one who fouled out. Yeah, <laughs> and and you could see the the frustration, um, not only from just maybe some calls that you know that weren't called, but D- Dylan Brooks was not only playing well offensively, but he was he was making it hard. This has probably been the best I've seen someone defend Pascal individually. Uh, all season long as well so you got to tip your hat to Dylan in the job he's done defensively and he just frustrated them because he's constantly yapping you know constantly talking to you and uh, all of that started to get to you know Pascal and we just seen him release some of that frustration at the end and 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 the collective too I mean there you know Brooks has some people behind him when you look at you know the likes of Adams guarding the lane Jaron Jackson Jr. uh, you know you look at his minutes 29 minutes tonight that's the most he's played. He, he, he hasn't played over 30 minutes this year because of right. either injuries or foul trouble. He stayed out of foul trouble tonight. Good point. And, yeah. you know, he was he was a force. I mean, it's it's almost not fair to see a guy who's seven feet and, and moving like a guy who's six feet yeah. with the with the intimidation of a guy who's nine feet. I mean, that's it's it's not fair. And, uh, and, and he was good tonight. And they shots as well, yeah. Jonesy. Yeah. So we saw that on full display here again tonight. Paul, really appreciate. Thank you so much for being a part of the broadcast. I And you know what? E- even though the game didn't go the result we wanted, thrilled to be a part of it. Love listening to you and Javon Shepard. And, uh, you know, just love breaking down the Toronto Raptors. So appreciate you on the show. Maddie, nice to have you along for the ride, man. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, thanks so much. All right, take care. You too. That is Paul Jones. By the way, before we go to break, I, I get a little distracted because after the game, I don't know who's on the court. I don't know who's on the court. Like, I'm assuming it's rich, important people. Yeah. And they're taking shots from the foul line, and, and they're not even hitting the rim. No. They're not even hitting uh, the rim. It's You know, it's, listen, it's the effort that counts, right? People, millions of people dream about even stepping on this floor. Yeah. I, I, to me, honestly, I never really understood why people go on the court and take photos and stuff. But yeah. I, I, you know, it brings people joy, and I, I, you know what, I kind of yeah. do understand now. Yeah. You know, being here, you get to see this is, you know, this is a dream for a lot of different people, and seeing them on the floor is you're, a beautiful no, you're, thing. You no, know, you're too nice. <laughs> Here's my rule: you get three chances at the free throw line. If you can't make one shot, you don't get your photo. Okay, it, it, it's well, as simple as that. If you can't hit 33 percent of your free you know, throws, honestly, if I was if if I was doing this, I would charge. If you want to come on the floor, I oh, you yeah. gotta slide me at least five dollars. Oh yeah, you know, absolutely, 100 percent. Pay my rent. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, uh, you know, the rent uh, prices in Toronto. We're going to have to get a lot of people uh, onto the court. To, my mortgage then. To, to do that, yeah. <laughs> on the other side, um, we're going to do this both ways. Just, again, looking a little bit more on, on the micro level of what we saw tonight and then more on the macro level. Again, the Raptors, their next game against the Phoenix Suns, and that yeah. is tomorrow. So more of Tantrian Raptors basketball. That's Warren Ward. I'm Matthew Cause. You are listening to News Talk 1010. Good evening, everyone. Welcome back. This is Tangerine Raptors Basketball News Talk 1010. I'm Matthew Koz in for Jim Taddy. That is Warren Ward. Thanks, everyone, for listening. And, uh, Warren, if we want to go uh, sort of micro, to me the moment where this game felt done, it was 35-30 on a remarkable play 
by Pascal Siakam. Most of the remarkable plays were done by him. He had a steal at one end, drove the end, uh, drove to the other end, basket and the foul, 35-30, 9.50 to go. Siakam, seven points in about 90 seconds. And one of those layups was against Jaron Jackson Jr. I'm a big believer in degree of difficulty when assessing how a guy scores. Right. Then after that, the Grizz call a timeout. They go on a 10-1 run. Yep. And it's suddenly 45-31. And in that run, the Grizz had 11 rebounds and Toronto had three. Right. And I made a little note. And I just want high water point. And I, I give the Raptors credit. They they were able to cut it. They did. You know, they were able to cut it, uh, you know, to 13, to 10, like a, a couple by single digits. But that, to me, felt like the, uh, the the high water point for the Raptors was that Siakam drive. It was. And, and I find that the Raptors have this. Um, especially this season, just do, and again, this is not excuses, but this is just do, this is just the facts, right? The, yeah. the inconsistency in personnel, the inconsistency in lineups, the inconsistency um, in just offensive creation. Like I'm, I'm watching and I'm looking for, for ways that, 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 they're, that they can initiate offense, and if it's not coming from Siakam on straight line drives, they, it's very hard for them to create. And this yeah. is where Fred is so important because he at least does that. He, he Fred will get himself into paint, collapse the defense, and then kick it out to someone. You know, I mean, to have an open shot. Um, we didn't have that Not, here. No. So in that 11-0 run, right? Um, excuse me. In in the run that the Raptors put together in the second quarter, Taylor Jenkins calls a timeout as any coach would. Assesses assesses the situation. Probably tells them, okay. This is what they're doing. This is what you know we need to do to go ahead and correct that. They come out the timeout. They're a little bit more refreshed. The Raptors need to keep up the energy because all the pressure is on their defense right now. And Memphis goes ahead and scores. And yep. then they score again and again and again. And now that lead now is now from, what, it was at 5. Now it's back to 15. And that's literally what has happened for the Raptors throughout the season. So this has just been something that has been you know going on but that's what happens when you play catch up and you're playing from behind they don't start games very well and this is what happens so when you're playing against a team that plays this physical that you're not really going to get any second chance points you need to be efficient you need to be clinical but you can't do that if you have people on your team that number one we're all struggling to shoot and we can't and and, and no one can really create a shot for themselves let's talk about struggling to shoot now, if you look at his final numbers, they don't look horrible. No. Not a great short percentage for Scotty Barnes. But with three minutes left in the game, when there was a chance, if the Raptors went on a run, it's basketball, crazy things happen, yep. maybe the Raptors come back and tie it. Three minutes left, Scotty Barnes is wide open. And it's not that he's wide open at the three-point line. No. He's wide open around the foul line. Yep. And he doesn't shoot, and he wasn't even trying to shoot. His no. head was, you know, going back and forth like he's watching the Wim- yeah. at Wimbledon, trying to find someone to kick out, kick the ball to. And I couldn't help but, and I asked him about it. I'm like, does he not want to shoot? Is he afraid to shoot? Like that moment there yeah. really jumped out to me. No, and that, that's a defining moment. And I think anyone else who was watching the game could see the same thing. I mean, he has the ball at the top of the key now. In this, in this, in this game, he was playing the four, so he's he's literally the pivot between. The one side of the floor, so the strong side and the weak side of the floor. Right. He's the one who swings the ball from left to right. So I think he was trying to do that. But at the same time, a player in confidence, a player who knows and believes that I can shoot the basketball, a player that, that wouldn't second guess being that open mm-hmm. would shoot the basketball. And, yeah. th- and, again, this is where some of the frustration can grow and where people are looking at Scotty. Maybe, you know, he's not taking a step or, you know, a step forward or, you know, I mean, becoming the superstar that people expect him to be. 
And I always, I always say, listen, number one, you got to be patient. You have to understand that these players are, are learning. Yes, of course. Right? But two, in that situation, you need to also be aggressive. You need to remember where you are. You're in the NBA, and you, and you know what I mean? And, you, and you're here for a reason. So that type of situation, you got to be selfish, and you got to shoot the basketball. The same way these people are here shooting right now <laughs> from the foul line. they got the same they got the same. they got Scotty, the shit. Exactly. Uh, uh, Scotty so Barnes has. you, you got to be able to go ahead and take your shots and be aggressive. And I always, I always get nervous when I just see – like a guy like Scotty Barnes is drafted, has a great rookie year, and he has got this ceiling. We're not sure what it is. And when I see a guy like that, where Memphis, a well-coached, great, very good defensive team. Very good team, yeah. When we saw it over and over again, they weren't guarding him. They no. were daring him to shoot. And that, more than anything else, that makes me more nervous than a guy missing shots. Yeah. When the, when the, scout, when the scouts and the game plan from the opponent is, don't worry about him. That makes me nervous because if you're a star or if you're an up-and-coming star, other teams are going to worry about your offense. And any team that's watching this would do the same thing. Yeah. So Phoenix tomorrow, they probably won't guard him either. But, again, that's up to Scotty to change. I know I know that tomorrow or even today those guys are going to be in the gym and they're going to be putting up shots. Yeah. So it's not a matter of the work. It's a matter of the will and a matter of the confidence. You know what I mean? One thing my dad always taught me about playing basketball. My dad wasn't a basketball player by any means. Mm-hmm. But he always said you step into your shot with confidence. You, your, coach is, you know, your coach is there for you to shoot. And it, it, it stuck with me. So whenever I had the ball and I knew I was shooting you know, on my yard, I was shooting you know, in university. I put the time in to develop my jump shot, which I know Scotty's doing. Yeah, of course. You have to take the opportunities that are given to you because that's not coaching. That's just that's just will and determination. You know what I mean? So yeah. Scotty needs to take it upon himself to say, okay, I'm in my second year. I had a good first year when no one expected anything from me, right? Yes. I'm I'm now I'm, – I'm a rookie. Like, I'm literally a deer. A de- you know what I mean? What's the, uh, deer in headlights. Deer, deer in headlights. headlights. We thought the Raptors were going to draft Jalen Suggs. Sure. And then, you know. They invite, get this guy. And he's a gem. He plays yes. multiple positions. But if you're going to play point guard, initiate offense like a point guard. Use a ball screen. If they, You know what? If they if they go under, you're going to shoot it with confidence. Mm-hmm. If they go over top, you're going to drive to the rim and you're going to create for, you know what I mean, for someone else. Scotty Barnes is now like a Ben Simmons where he brings the ball up the court, passes it to someone else, and that's what they call a point guard. It's not It's not good enough. It's not good enough. So it's not, it's not a matter of him not having the talent. I still think he affects winning. I still think they're better with him on the floor, especially defensive, offensively. He had seven offensive rebounds tonight, as, you know what I mean, as an example. Yep. But... In order for him to take another step, he needs to be—he needs to take another step mentally and be more confident, so that when teams do do that, all right, I will shoot this one. Cool. You want to do that to me? I'm gonna shoot this one and I'm gonna knock it down. Right? That—that that will allow him to now be almost unplayable. So let, let me ask you, big picture now. Sure. The Raptors, 48 wins last year. Yep. Uh, they were projected on Fanduel for like 46 and a half. <laughs> Fanduel. And <laughs> shout out to them. Shout out to them. And most of the prognosticators, for the first time, everyone was taking the over. Yep. Everyone was taking the Raptors. Uh, I remember Brian Windhorst saying, you know, a sneaky dark horse team, Raptors. Yep. And they were that sexy uh, dark horse team. It yep. hasn't happened. <clears throat> if we're going to do this by, uh, you know, by uh, you know, the pie chart here, you know, where the holidays are still on, yep. some people still have pumpkin pie left over in their fridge. <laughs> How much I of don't. this is, uh, well, no, but looking at you, it looks like it's been a while since you've had a slice of pie. Yeah. <laughs> How much of this is regression by Scotty Barnes, injuries, East getting better? Why are the Raptors, who were projected to be a top six team, they are now 
out of the top 10 and they are five games under 500? And I don't expect the full answer from you, but what, what do you think some of the reasons why a team we had such high expectations, they're not hitting it? I'll answer that like this. Yeah. I think um, that's, that's a good question. But I, I think, number one, it's inconsistency in lineups. They have not had a consistent, healthy lineup. I personally think this Raptors team healthy. They are sexy. They are they are a, a, a dark horse. I think it's hard to play the Raptors when they are at full strength with full health. So then, but the big guy that's been out has been probably Precious Achua. Uh, Siakam's missed, I think, ten games. Yeah, um, more, uh, yeah but he's uh, Precious is is a part of the whole. And yeah. what I mean by the whole is when they have their rotation. The full rotation with seven, eight guys, and then you see guys like, like Juancho Hernan Gomez is not starting at those type of times. And you know nor what I mean? should he ever start. Exactly. So you know, and 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 that's just it. So you you have guys filling in roles that wouldn't really be there. Coloco was a was an experiment. He at those point in times he can flourish because they're they're they they are just that good. So. Yeah. I still think they are that team. I still think if they can become healthy, there's still about five, five and a half, what, five months left of the season. So, oh yeah. By, by the way, none of this is doom and gloom. I said yeah, on, for sure. I said on first up yesterday, my prediction was the Raptors would still get the sixth seed. Yeah. Because I looked at the teams above them, and I'm like, these teams are also greatly flawed. Some of them, like the Knicks, have had incredible injury luck or you know no injuries at all. Exactly. So, uh, but it's just for me, I'm just I'm trying to find the answers because there has been injuries. Siakam's missed 11 games. Uh, but OG's only missed five. Fred's missed seven. Like, I also think it's the offense. That that that's my second point. Yeah, they are not getting. Um, they are one of the worst three point shooting teams in the NBA. Yep. around twenty nine percent, which is not going to cut it. Their field goal percentage of some nights is what most three point, you know, what I mean, percentage is this thirty six or you know you know low sorry high thirties and low forties. Yeah. So all of that combined doesn't really give you much if you have to put so much pressure on your defense every single night you're gonna eventually fall off because you're it's it's just too much energy required and then offensively they aren't they aren't able to score enough early in the game especially in that first quarter and then you know down the stretch of basketball games so you combine all those different things Matt, it's tough for any team to go ahead and win like that. So I would, I literally think it's inconsistent in the lineup and the fact that they've had so many, so much offensive struggles outside of Pascal. And when they have been really good defensively, right, and offensively, they've won. They have. Yeah. And to your point about uh, their field goal percentage, three teams worse than the Raptors. <laughs> exactly. Detroit, Houston, and Charlotte. And what's that, 45%? Yeah, and the, the Raptors are shooting 45% coming into this game. Yeah, that right. number is going to get knocked down right. uh, to under 45, and the only teams worse are the teams scouting Victor Wimbanyama, yeah, exactly. maybe a little bit more than some of the other teams in the NBA. Right. Moving from offense to defense, Nick Nurse just spoke. Uh, we'll hear from Nick Nurse, and we'll get your thoughts on it. Uh, Nick Nurse just spoke with the media talking about what went wrong tonight defensively. The transition wasn't very good at the start, right? We, uh, I think in the first uh, 27 points, I think we gave up 17 in transition. Um, a physicality and offensive rebounding, those are kind of our two keys going into the game was our, uh, defensive rebounding and transition. And, and we got to the half and the transition number was super high and they had 14 offensive rebounds. So we didn't you know, take care of our priorities and dug ourselves um, too big a hole to get out of and just didn't, just didn't play with enough physicality I think we were getting bumped a lot and we knew that that was going to be the case and we didn't react to it very well 
you don't have a lot of large physical guys to match up with. So can you scheme around that, or how do you? Well, we're going to have to play better, right? If we're going to, you know, you you know, you're going to have to figure out a way to scheme against it, right? And and that's two nights in a row where the the big has really really dominated us. And again, it's. You know, we just we just again came out of a bunch of games where we where we took care of some really good bigs, right? Really well, um, even with even with uh, smaller lineups, I guess uh, per se, right? Um, and I don't know. Again, it just it just comes down to, you know, you got to use a couple people on those guys, but those two people got to got to be physical or two or three or whoever's involved, and it got to got to do a better job of blocking out. When Brooks gets off to a good start like that yeah. on both ends of the floor with the way he plays and, and the talking, is that something that can get under a team's skin a little bit? Well, I don't know a little bit. I just thought he did a really, really good job all night, both sides, right? He just had an incredible game, right? He, he, he was super, super physical. I, you know, again, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to side with my guy. I thought he got away with a ton, right, uh, early, late, in the middle, like, and but that's... You adjust. You know that they weren't going to call any of that stuff. So we, we talk about you know trying to do other things, and we just didn't enough. Like, and like to answer Doug's question a little bit too. So instead of trying to bang and use a physicality aspect, you use the length and skill, right? And we just didn't get enough of those possessions. Like like um, against you know that we got to use our length and height to negate some of that. And we just didn't do it. Getting back to that point, Scotty, I think, was missed his first five or six shots, but then he, his last seven all came in the restricted area or in the paint. And how can you get him to get that assertive? full game as opposed to the last three games. Yeah, I mean, you know, he had a tendency to do that last year a lot too, right? Took a while to get into the game and, and, and uh, you know, certainly talk about, like, that's his plays that we need him to make you know, at the you know start to finish like more consistently in the game, not not when you know we get down ten or twelve or when the fourth quarter starts or whatever. Like those are his moves, and they're really good moves. They're good power moves, and he gets in there, and sometimes he misses, and he gets them back, etc. Um, just gotta he just gotta be more aggressive at the start. That was the coach on the Raptors defense, Warren. We got about a minute left here. What did you see? He said it best at the end, man. You got to be more aggressive from the start, and I mm-hmm. think uh, on both ends of the floor. I mean, if you're not going to be making shots, then the other team can. And we saw Memphis come out and pretty much dominate from the tip. And um, I don't think it's so much as he said a, a better job of blocking out because you're not really going to block out Stephen Adams. Yeah, you know that's no. that's like uh, that's, <laughs> I think I, th- I think Nick kind of took the the easy approach there because that's not really realistic. What I think what you need to do is you need to put a body on those guys earlier yep. and then gang rebound and, and tip the ball out to someone else in your team because to block those guys out not not with the lineup we have i mean as big as coloco is he's not as he's literally just not as physical so um the raptors were kind of outmatched in that regard but i do agree with him when he's when he said that we we need to be more aggressive from the tip in terms of uh, our defensive um our defensive intensity our, our deep like uh in, you know make 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 memphis make mistakes yes you know it looked it looked very easy and for very Memphis. Comfortable. That's yes. what I mean. Yeah, it looked it, Memphis looked very comfortable and easy. The Raptors labored, and that I think is one of the big differences about both teams' for sure. offenses. Hundred percent. We got to take a break. We wrap it up in just a second. This is Tantrin Raptors basketball on News Talk Ten Ten. Welcome back, everyone. This is Tantrin Raptors basketball on News Talk Ten Ten. I'm Matthew Cause wrapping it up for you. It was the Memphis Grizzlies too much size. 
And uh, too much speed, to quote Paul Jones, it was both force and finesse as the Memphis Grizzlies defeat the Toronto Raptors 119-106 and a final score that kind of flatters the Raptors a little bit. Raptors now fall to 15-20. and 20. Meanwhile, the Memphis Grizzlies, who had lost four out of their last five, are now a game out of first place in the West. As for the Raptors, they have a lot more work to do. A shout-out to the work done by Pascal Siakam. He tried his best. Gary Trent Jr. did as well. But poor shooting, missing a lot of open threes, and again, the rebounding. It killed the Raptors on this night. That'll do it for me. Thank you so much uh, to Owen, to Christy Avero, Paul Gatt, everyone part of News Talk 1010 who helped make this broadcast happen. It's been a delight. Happy New Year to everyone. We will catch you soon. You've been listening to Tangerine Raptors Basketball right here on News Talk 1010.